Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Uh, boys, we are promoting a couple of things today. We're promoting Hector Ligaris and Happy Rant Signature Blend Coffee. Uh, so if you haven't done so already, run, don't walk to happyrantpodcast.com. Uh, get a bag of sale coffee from Hector Ligaris, Happy Rant Signature Blend. You will love it. Uh, the internet is abuzz with, uh, with chatter about this product. Uh, we have a new product dropping in a couple of weeks. We have some Happy Rants. Uh, coffee ground infused chocolate that I'm uh, just stoked out of my mind about, boys. And uh, it's uh, it's exciting to be partnered with Heck Ligaris. Heck is a creative force. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heck mm-hmm. takes care of us. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. You tried this coffee chocolate because you sent a picture over. So I'm assuming you didn't just snap a picture and walk away. Uh, describe the sensation of eating this coffee infused uh, Happy Rant branded chocolate bar. Yeah, well, I'm going to start. I'm going to start right at the beginning. I'm going to engage all the senses here. But it was a beautiful looking chocolate. Mm. Um, my lady has done some uh, some some chocolate making, some confectioning, if you will, and uh, she remarked at how just smooth and professional it looked. So the look Ooh. of it was just like uh, us. Yeah, smooth and professional. That's right. Absolutely. Um, also, like us, it smelled amazing. Uh, so I open the package and I get this. I get this double whiff of like chocolate, so like a deep dark chocolate, and the coffee aroma, which was beautiful. Mm. Um, and then I, and then I take a bite, and there's a little crackle of coffee grounds, much like the crackle in a Nestle's Crunch, but uh, but better because it's coffee. Um, so the whole and thing it's not is just, just any a, coffee, Big T. What coffee is it? Baby, it's Lagaris Roasters coffee from our boy Heck. So uh, so it's the best coffee. It's coffee that's been. Gently examined uh, in the groves of Costa Rica um, and then lovingly transported north uh, by one Heck Ligaris and roasted under his care. So uh, visit happyrantpodcast.com, grab some coffee from Hector Ligaris. Now, the other thing, boys, that we're promoting is live in Louisville. This is going to be a magical time of us talking, fans listening, fans asking questions, fans playing NBA Jam with us after hours. Uh, it's going to be incredible. Pipe, where can they uh, where can they grab a ticket to live in Louisville? Yeah, if they go to happyrantpodcast.com, uh, right, just the, the first thing that's listed is a description of the show. The second thing that's listed is events, and this is the event that is there. So it has the date and the time. That's Sunday, October 22nd. So there's still a couple months out. That means you can you can line up your babysitters. You can take your uh, – you can take your vacation time. You can do whatever you need to to get to Louisville. It will be 8 o'clock in the evening until about 10 o'clock, although I don't think that's a hard stop if we're having a good time. So it'll start at 8. We will hang out until it's no fun anymore. Um, and it'll be at Sojourn uh, Sojourn East Community Church in Louisville. The address is listed there, so rather than me rattling it all off, just go there. Um and then you can get tickets through Eventbrite. The link, again, is there. So happyrantpodcast.com. They are 10 bucks a pop. That is just to help us cover costs for the event. Um, we will be partnering again with our good friend Hector to provide coffee. And when we rolled this event out, we didn't know there was going to be chocolate. But my guess is we'll have some of that there as well. And, and probably working with Mission Aware to have some items there either for giveaway or for purchase. Some of the details for for those kind of things are still in the works. But – uh, but yeah, we'll have refreshments. We will have Q and A. We will record a couple episodes. There may be some Super Smash Brothers, some NBA Jam involved because uh, those things engendered a little bit of enthusiasm from listeners as well. But October twenty second, eight p.m., Louisville, Kentucky. We would love to see as many of you there as can make it. Baby, what's the latest from our boys at Missional, man? What do you hear from those guys? Because I feel like it's time for a just another box of swag to come our way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think we may just need to reach out to them and uh, and ask for such things. They, uh, what was it? A couple months ago, they they sent us some new stuff, some new stickers, some new some new. Uh, I think what did we get then? Oh, we got we got smaller Yeti mugs. So we have like the yeah. big the big huge like paint can size one, and then we have the smaller <laughs> one that's more you know actual actually fits in a cup holder. Um, and so yeah, we'll have to go back to them and see if we have any new ideas. They are they are always up for working out. Uh, new promotions, new deals, things like that. So we'll uh, we'll wheel and deal a little bit. Amazing, amazing, boys. You know what's great about our show? 
just about our program and not to, not to blow our own shofars here. But that's a, uh, long, that's a long list, Ted. That's a very open ended question. It really is an open ended <laughs> question. We could go multiple episodes on that. But uh, I think the thing that I like the most about the show is that uh, that we have a lot of fun doing this and we have a lot of natural uh, just kind of laughs and uh, and ha ha's, which is what makes it uh, not a burden to come into the studio and to do some radio every week. And, and Big R. Um, in your many, many travels, more more than Pipe or myself, you get probably the most opportunity to interface with fans because uh, you're never at home and you're at a different locale every week. So uh, why don't you share with us maybe a story or two of uh, of, of some fan interaction that you've had uh, because of the show? Absolutely, baby. So, I, you know, one thing that happened recently, I was in California uh, last week. Uh, doing some time with uh, with my fam and uh, you know preaching at a couple different churches. So I go to this one church in Costa Mesa, a church called Cross of Christ Church, and uh, so I finish I finish the sermon, and uh, a dude comes up and he goes, "Hey, uh, you know, I, I just want to let you know I really enjoy the the rant." And I said, "Oh man," I said, "That's that's nice." I go, "Tell you know, tell me what you like about it." And he goes, "Well, he goes, let me just tell you this. Like, I listen to a lot of reformed." podcast and he goes and I've come to realize <laughs> Poor guy. yeah I know I know and I, I believe me I had a I had I had about 694 uh snarky remarks that wanted to come out when he said that uh-huh. but I held my I held my ground and I waited I let uh-huh. him talk and uh and he said uh he said I got to tell you guys he goes man the rant has become like my cool glass of water in an ocean in a, in a dry lake of reformed uh, podcasts, and uh, and I said uh, I said, dude, I go that's I go that's nice, that's high praise. I don't I don't know I don't know what to do with that information right now, but I just want to give you a hug and uh, yeah. you know give you some money, or if I had some Ligaris chocolate, I'd give you some of that right now, but I don't. Dude, and because we're Christians, we have to be super awkward about taking a compliment. Absolutely, it was almost impossible for me not to put my head down and make like sixty nine excuses why we're not that Absolutely. great, and when in just, reality, just, you know, I'm I'm. Saying yeah, all, all glory, all glory to God, Ron. right? To God. And uh, and so then it got better, boys. And I don't know how you're going to feel about this, so I'd I'd like to hear your reaction on this. And then he goes, he goes, can I just be honest with you? And I said, no, please lie, continue to lie to me. But uh, he, he said, and I was joking, of course. And and he said, it's always funny when somebody says that. Can I be honest? As yeah. if we're saying, no, 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 please just keep fibbing. Um, but he uh, he goes, you know, uh, he goes, I gotta tell you, he goes, you know, I, he goes, I'm not. I'm not like the smartest guy in the world. He goes, so uh, listening to your podcast uh, is another reminder to me that I don't have to go around feeling so unintelligent all the time. He said it in so many words. So I thought, <laughs> you know what that puts us into? We're the Everyman podcast. We're the uh, Everyman Reformed podcast. We're the ERPs here. You know, and uh, I, I liked uh, I liked what that I liked what that said about us. I liked what it said about our sense of of reality and, and the fact that we're we're not we're not sitting in our studio on a pedestal here above and beyond all of our fan base. We're we're down we're down in the dirt with them, Big T. And that's kind of what it made big me think. for a reformed guy to admit that he's not the smartest guy in the world because I feel like most of these guys that's kind of where they're coming from, feeling yeah. like I am the smartest guy in the world, and it's only a matter of time before everyone else realizes. Right. I'm by God's grace. I'm the most smartest guy in the world that ever was, you right. know, by All God's glory grace. to the Lord for making me the smartest guy in the world, you know? Uh, so I, I feel like, yeah, this guy, this guy's done a big thing. He's done a courageous thing by, uh, by admitting that. Yeah. And, uh, I feel a little bit like we, uh, we, we hold the role of those teachers in like a Hallmark movie or a Lifetime movie who we, this is like the montage scene of working with the student who's really bright, but but is really but doesn't realize it yet. Has always been told by his alcoholic father that he's an idiot, and uh, <laughs> and we are the teacher who helps him see his true potential. Yeah, and so this is this is the montage scene of helping our listeners see their true potential as like you're brighter than you think you are, or yeah. you know you you can make it in this reformed world. It's not all. It's not all five points of this and seven points of that and 95 theses of the other thing. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Pipe. I, I even like to, you know, coming from my world, I like to look at it like we're, we're a little more punk rock, right? We're saying, dude, it's three chords. That's all you need. And we're just going to play our three chords. And, uh, you know, you don't need to have a, uh, you know, you don't, you don't need to, you don't need to, you don't need to have like a, a degree in music appreciation to sort of like come into what we're doing, man. It's just, it's there. Mm-hmm. It's for the masses. It's uncluttered, it's uncomplicated, and mm. uh, so enjoy, 
right? Baby, I like it. I like Absolutely. that a lot. So in Pipe's paradigm, the listeners are the children of abusive alcoholics. In Ron's paradigm, the audience, they're, they're punk rock. I, I, I like this. I like where we're going with it. Um, boys, we talk a lot on this program. It feels like we talked a lot in the last couple of weeks about church planning and about church planting networks and about kind of the ethos around church planting. And uh, something interesting happened in pop culture last week in that uh, Justin Bieber apparently has canceled his tour. Is that right, Pipe? Yeah, he, he canceled his uh, he canceled his his tour for uh, apparently to to go plant churches. That That's incredible. What, that was what the headline said. Yeah. So okay, so let me preface this by saying, far be it from us or anybody to make fun of anybody for wanting to plant a church. All right. So that's not at all what we're trying to do. So if that if that impulse on behalf of Biebs is genuine, then then God blessing and good luck to him. But what I want to ask you guys and what I think we can riff on a little bit here is given the different kind of like branding options of different church planting organizations and and denominations, where do you best see Biebs fitting in? So Biebs is a free agent right now, man. And we've already talked about, you know, A29 and Sojourn's, you know, penchant toward kind of pampering and throwing these lavish galas and getaways for their people. So do we see Biebs fitting in kind of in that context? Do we see Biebs going a little bit more tradish? Um, Big R, resident man of the cloth, church planner yourself, uh, where do you see this kid fitting in? He's basically you now. I mean, yeah, former I mean, music industry guy now going to try to plant a church. So do you feel threatened by him? Do you feel resentful that he's trying to do your thing? I mean, that's a great that's a great question. You're and you're you're bringing me into a real vulnerable place right now, Big T. So I am, just say that. and I feel like um, this is a safe place. And I want it, you is, to feel it safe. is a safe place. It is yeah. a safe place. But I mean, our listenership is so wide now that it's not just the three of us anymore. It's the it's us and the three million of us yeah. now. And uh, so that that gets me a little nervous. I you do count, want to go you back. Count to, like a pastor, that's good. You've got that part down. Well, <laughs> well I mean, Big T, I, I'm I'm kind of going back to what you said a minute ago. In that, um, you know, I am I am just an unsuccessful Bieber that ended up planning a church, right? So yeah, you're they, right. Where there, there's a connection there, where mm-hmm. you know I, I'm I'm doing it, but just with far less acclaim and, and money and. Uh, you know, sure. and fame and those things. Now, again, the one thing we do know about Bieber is that uh, he, he's kind of already with a network. He's kind of, I, I think I read that he's doing this thing through Hillsong because he, oh. he's already a part of Hillsong, New York, that congregation mm-hmm. where they, I think they meet in Times Square and the, the pastor's name is Carl Lentz and it's like this 8,000 person, you know, just wow. mega extravaganza. So I think, I, I would imagine if this is really serious if he's really a guy that's going to like, you know, kind of move into ministry and become a preacher, it sounds like he's going with uh, with Hillsong. Wow. Pipe, is that, looking, Pipe can I'm you confirm any at, of that? Or I'm we're, looking at competing headlines right now. So People Magazine, Justin Bieber focusing on being spiritual and attending church after uh, cancellation. Uh the, another website, Bieber cancels tour to rededicate himself to Christ. Another one, Bieber denies that Hillsong Church led him to cancel tour. Granted, that just means they didn't tell him to do it. Um, TMZ says he canceled his tour because of Christ. And so there's all sorts of things here. But Hillsong, the Hillsong name does come up. So apparently there were some, there were some speculation that his involvement there uh, was the purpose. And... Uh, and so that's which is ironic considering it was the purpose tour. Um but uh but yeah, so apparently Hillsong does play a role in this somewhere, at least just as the place that he is plugged into at some capacity as a church. I mean, personally, I think I you know, again, not not knowing not knowing uh, Bieber personally, you know, we haven't hung out recently or anything mm-hmm. like that, right? He didn't mm-hmm. come to the last Sojourn conference, right? He hasn't grown out a beard yet. Did he know, go to the right? gala though? The, did he no, go? He to didn't the go to the A two nine gala. No, okay. I mean, yeah, believe believe it or not, you know, Chandler and Eric Mason are not big enough for this guy. They and, were pampering, uh, right? Exactly. So I I see, you know, and you guys can you guys can riff on this, but I see Hillsong being, you know, if I were to pick the kind of fit. If all of this mm-hmm. is legit, and I had to pick the kind of fit that the Beebs is going to fit into, I, I would I would probably have picked something like Hillsong, which is very you know attractional and flashy, and you know the music is just massive. And it's basically all music. And, 
and yeah, no all music, right? It's just yeah. they they make a big deal out of uh, out of the praise portion mm-hmm. of their services, and uh, so I mean, it it seems like something that if this is the direction he's going, like Hillsong would be the the direction, you know, like that would be the preferred direction. You know? Now, Pipe, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you in this way. So in the in the sports world that you and I move about in. Every year there's a draft, and every year at draft time there there are player comparisons made. I want you to make a pastor comparison for Biebs. So now that Biebs is a church planner, um, you know we've got all these comps that we can make. And in the in the NFL world, in the sports context, you kind of do it as a as a way of projecting what kind of career you think the guy is going to have. So I'm going to ask you to make a pastoral comp for Biebs. Man, this is tough because I was just trying to think if I if I can think of any churches, at least in the at least in the white Christian world, where where the pastor doubles as the worship leader and actually is better at that than at all the pastory stuff. Interesting. Um, and so and and I I can't come up with any comparisons. I know that there are you know because what I see him doing is giving like a brief inspirational message and then like breaking out into song. Yeah. Um, lots of special music. Uh, that features him as the soloist. Mm-hmm. Um, man. Who, I mean, uh, could it be? I mean, Pipe, let me help you out a little bit here because the, the name that keeps just surfacing and popping into, you know, my rather <laughs> dense head right now is one uh, Stefan Furtick, you know, like a I, guy. I, I knew you were going to go there. Does do music? Well, Furtick, Furtick was a, uh, he was a worship dude before he got into uh, to preaching. Oh. Yeah, maybe that's why he holds the microphone like he's like he's about to, you know, freestyle. It is exactly why he does that. Because I'm I'm looking at at three pictures of Justin Bieber that go along with these headlines I just read. Don't worry, I'm not Google image searching Justin Bieber. That would be strange. I think that would be awesome. He holds the microphone very similarly to to one Stephen Furtick. There's a there are some parallels. Stephen Furtick. Sorry about that. Uh, Dr. Furtick, Bishop. Um, but uh, Wait, is, it, is it really? It's not really Dr. Furtick. I don't know. He probably has an honor. At, honor no, but I like calling him Stefan because that just feels more respect respectful. <laughs> I feel like uh, that's a thing he would do. Change it from Stephen to Stefan. That's what I'm saying. Yes, yeah, Stefan Furtick. If, if Bieber wants to go that route, he's got to do something about the hair, mm-hmm. and he's got to do something about the muscles because there's just not enough of them. Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll get into the CrossFit situation with Birdie. So. Yeah. Give him and, six months, he'll be flipping, you know, tractor tra- tractor tires over and like hanging off of buildings and stuff. So. I mean, you know, the dude. I mean, what is, is Bieber is still like sixteen, right? So like, you got to give him time for his muscles to develop and all of that That's stuff. True. Oh, so yeah. you're saying he he just hasn't developed, like he hasn't matured physically. Is what but you're I mean, saying. even when you like, if you look at a picture of him, he's still like because he's a like all pop guys have to work out and get kind of toned. So I think yeah. I think he is. For being like thirteen or whatever he is, I, I think he is as much as he can. Well, yeah, he's yeah. he's got like skinny muscles. Right, right, right. You know okay. where where like he's like he's he's got he's got abs and whatever, but like I, he probably yeah. has a twenty eight inch waist. Like he doesn't. Right. He's a skinny little dude. Yeah, he's not all like he's not. Yeah, he's not like Stefan. He's not like doing that fully developed. Like oh my gosh, like you know, there's it looks like you have balloons like taped all over your body. Kind of. He's a, not bench pressing like Buicks like our boy exactly Verdick. Yeah. Old Buicks, too. The heavy Buicks, big team. The now, heavy Buicks, yeah. Not the new school Buicks. We're talking like the 1970s <laughs> Buicks where there's a lot more metal on those things, man. Let's Baby just vintage it, Buicks. Vintage you know? Buicks. I mean, let's just keep it square, though. I mean, let's keep it straight on that, you know? Wait, did you know he was born in 1994? That makes him 23 years old. Wow. I mean, are you I mean, even allowed to plant a church at 23 years old? I mean, I'm not trying to be snobby here or anything. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to do a little chronological snobbery here, but are you Maybe allowed? I feel like you're threatened by Biebs. He's well, trying to do your thing. You know what, Big T? I'm not going to lie to you. I might be. I might but be. Maybe, I, did, I don't think he's, he's going to be coming into my towns, though. Let me just be honest with you. <laughs> he's he's going to be that Ashland, Mansfield Ash, Town in Worcester and Mansfield. Yeah, I don't – I don't – I don't <laughs> – I see like Cities area. Major market. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah, I, see like, I see like Hillsong South Beach in his future. Right. Hillsong Ashland. <laughs> I see more like uh, Hillsong the world in his future. Yeah. Like we're going to plan a church for the Hillsong world. world tour. Right, we're we're going to go to the North Pole. We're going to build a big platform that's tall enough to where everybody in the world can see it when we mm. gather on Sundays. Oh, baby, I like that. Really, maybe that kind of just not letting something. anyone look down on his youth, Ronnie. Maybe, maybe he's, maybe he's, uh, he's, he has, 
he has pulled that verse out and made that his life verse. Don't let anyone look down on your youth. And so that's that's his church planting motto. So I'm at, really at, sensing at a lot of uh, a lot of uh, you know you're you're really defending him right now, man. I'm gosh, I'm I, I I'm, apologize. <laughs> I'm mainly just trying to keep this train going down the tracks because I would be really intrigued to see what happens if he goes this route. Okay, so let's just say that. I mean, is it possible – is it possible that Biebs would actually be responsible as like the lead pastor of planting a church or you just think they're getting ready to plant Hillsong World and he's just going to be like part of that in some weird way? Like maybe he'll be the worship leader. Maybe he'll be like the music guy. And it'll be something like biggest preacher of all time that's going to be the lead pastor of that. I mean, what are we like? What are we talking about? What are we speculating on here? Um, I I feel like he will be the. Uh, okay, so you know when 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 really nice restaurants open up in 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 the city, so New York or Chicago or Miami or wherever. If they can get celebrities to be photographed at this restaurant, it's yeah. really good publicity. So yeah, it doesn't yeah. even matter what the reviews are, you know, the restaurant right. reviews. That, that, I mean, it matters, but but what really matters is that the A-list superstars are seen there. Yeah, you got Ryan um, Gosling there. That's the only reason why I want to go there. You know, so that's it. I I kind of think Justin Bieber might be the church growth strategy for the next church plan, dude. Like, in, the, in the lingo you just used, pipe. Wow, that's nice. I'm pretty sure he is that. Like, it's just, well, how how are we going to attract members, uh, Bieber? Oh, okay, cool. That works. Pipe, I have to ask another question of you. Um, what are the, like, what, what's what been the smug reformed reaction to this? Because I'm sure there are, there are reformed guys on the internet who are kind of like snarkily rolling their eyes about this, but not wanting to exactly look like the kinds of guys who snarkily roll their eyes. What are, what are those guys saying? Do you have any mm. sense of that? You know, I've seen so I I think I think he's not old enough to even register as worthy of a response. He's like not, you have to hit yeah. 30 before a reformed dude will think that you matter. I mean, it's so preposterous I think in most reformed dudes way of thinking that they don't even like they don't even dignify it with a response. I mean, Ronnie gave a hint of it earlier when he's like, is that even old enough to plant a church? Like there's there's a flavor of that same sort of just the the dismissiveness of <laughs> of of said just Guys, I went so far as to literally, literally give a church a location and a name that's never been done before. Hillsong World. I mean, I think, I, I mean, I think if we're talking about people with vision and grand plans, I, I think all eyes need to be reverted to Big R here for one second. I mean, we're talking like, I not think. Not to blow can, your own show far. Not, but, a, not at all. But I think if it can happen, it's going to happen with Hillsong and with Justin Bieber. So I'm, I'm not being snark. I'm just saying like, dude. I think it's a possibility, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me. And you know, talking about Stefan, uh, Ferdy, and that. I mean, you know, there's there's a there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle that could all come together and uh, create something that's going to be a milestone in the history of evangelicalism. Boys, I feel like if Biebs does start this church, uh, he may have, believe it or not, he may have some bad messages. Uh, at least starting out, as he. Gee, I don't uh, even know what you're talking about right now, dude. Baby, I'm sure he's going to enroll at uh, at a great seminary like like SBTS. Um, I'm sure he's already taking online classes, so you know he will get better. He'll get trained. Um, I'm sure it's only a couple of years before he's in a blue blazer and a bow tie. Uh, but in- until then, I think he's going to struggle a little bit uh, in the pulpit. So I want to ask you boys. Um, you know, th- this was a this was a big R topic, a big R question. What's the mer- the worst message you've ever given or the worst message you've ever heard? Uh, Pipe, let's start with you. Well, it's, it's really I, – I'll have to start with given because worst message I've ever heard is really, really tough because like, you've made, right? made a career out of, uh, out of attending conferences. And, and so I've heard a lot of terrible messages and I've tuned most of them out. Yeah. But – uh, I was I was just slightly older than our dear friend Justin Bieber when I went and preached at a church for the first time, mm-hmm. and I could not have been more out of my depth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had done I had done youth ministry prior to that, so taught regularly, and I was very comfortable teaching to you know fifteen to eighteen year olds or fourteen right. to eighteen year olds, whatever it was. And uh, there was just sort of like the age difference of five or six years was enough to make me feel like I have something to tell them, which sure. you know. Clearly, clearly put tells you my level of insecurity at 24 years old or whatever I was. 
but I got invited to to go do a pulpit fill thing. It was a little church in central Illinois, I mean, literally in the middle of a cornfield. So I'm driving for a couple hours from the Chicago suburbs, corns, you know, six feet high on both sides of the road. And then you sort of pop up and there's this little teeny town and this little teeny Presbyterian church. And, and so I show up and, you know, and they were like, we, we ask people, ask preachers to wear suits and ties. So I'm a 24 year old kid wearing a suit and tie. I I'm sure I looked like my mommy had dressed me up for, for family (laughs) photos or something like that. Um, I, I felt like I looked like that and I, I don't remember what I preached on, but I remember sweating and I remember stumbling and getting done. And the, the, the people there just gave me blank stares. Oh man. I mean, I think one person came up afterwards and they didn't say appreciate. They said, thanks for coming. Yeah. It was like, thanks for making the drive. Thanks for making the drive. Thanks for getting in your car and driving. (laughs) It was like, it was like the ultimate good hustle, uh, good hustle, good effort. Yeah. Uh, compliments. Pipe, after, was that your first com- gig though? Was that your first ever gig? That was my first like Sunday morning preaching thing. Uh, okay. So I, I taught, I had taught students and stuff like that, but never, never gotten up at like in a pulpit. And, and I didn't, you know, I didn't know the congregation. I didn't know the questions to ask of the people who invited me beforehand to, to be like, what kind, you know, what kind of people will I be teaching to? Turns out they're all, they're all farmers. Uh-huh. But they're they're like high tech farmers because these are the these are these are the farms that are like thousands of acres. It's industrial level farming. So it's just, they're brilliant people. Yeah, they're super um, techy. They're using like the almost, latest in computer yeah, software to like a scientific level. Yeah. But also not like they're not theologically. Uh, so th- they're not intellectual and theological like how they're wired. But they're brilliant like engineer and 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 farming and agriculture and mm-hmm. so and, and again you're talking to a guy who grew up in inner city minneapolis and was living in suburban chicago this is not my crowd i yeah. did not know who i was talking to and i didn't have enough sort of self-confidence to roll in there and and build a level of uh i mean you know you can build rapport in the first couple of minutes just by how you introduce yourself and how you talk to them and and i didn't do any of those things i was it was horrific and I got back in the car and I took my coat off, my ill-fitting, you know, whatever it was, uh, off the rack Periella suit or something. And uh, <laughs> and my shirt underneath was just sweat. I had sweated through the undershirt and through the shirt. Oh, boy. And, and it, was ju- it, was, it was awful. Baby, and that's here, a rough one. And here you are, man, all these years later. You didn't, you didn't give up. You're all grown up now and you mm-hmm. didn't give up. And you, I've you never just soldiered on. I've never preached in a suit since. <laughs> that was your problem. It was the suit. It that was, was the issue. Suit. Well, I mean, I think the, the, it was part of the problem for me at that age because it was just one. It was one more thing that showed me you are out of your depth. Yeah. You know, you could put me in a suit now, and I would I would feel like I was wearing a costume. But I can I can navigate those spaces. But at that age, like I wore suits for for like weddings and funerals. Yeah, you're saying like right now it would just be like whatever, man. It's not going to tweak my performance. Right. Whereas then it was like, oh no, this is who I've become. I don't know how to speak while I'm in this. Or if they asked me to do it now, I would show up in something that was like close-ish to a suit, but not actually a suit. So yeah. like jeans and a blazer or something like that, there but not go. but not an actual an actual suit. Yeah, but I mean it was but but it like it was just that was the straw that broke the camel's back. It was just I'm I'm wearing I'm wearing the costume my dad wore when he preached, uh-huh. and and I'm definitely not him. Yeah. Now, I big R, was rough. R- Ronnie Tarmac, you're uh, traveling every week, very in demand on the speaking circuit. <laughs> um, I've got to think that that you've had one of these that hasn't gone uh, swimmingly in the past. Uh, in the can past you make week. our boy pipe feel better it, it, by, by sharing yeah. one of those stories, man? Yeah, I, I can make him feel better because mine is not like, Oh, back when I, back when I was so horrible, it, it was recent, you know? Oh um, yeah. It was, uh, it was last Sunday. Okay. Um, so wow. what I do is we have, uh, you know, we have two congregations. We have one that I do in the morning and then another one in the next town in Worcester at night. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so look, you know, just all, you know, j- just to throw it out there, you know, like I'm a guy, I, I do notes, but, but I speak, I, you know, a, a lot of the stuff I say isn't written down. And so yeah. that's why, you know, every sermon's going to be a little bit different. And, um, so, uh, you know, I, 
You know, I, I would say I did about a, you know, I, I had about a five or six out of 10 on Sunday morning. You know, definitely wasn't the greatest thing I ever did. Wasn't the worst thing I ever Services. did. It was somewhere in the middle. It was sir, workmanlike. It was workmanlike. It was just getting the job done. I liked a couple of my yeah. points. Of course, the points I always like are the ones that aren't written down, and I don't know that I can duplicate them, right? So that, that's always the, that's always sort of the, uh, the struggle I have. Nevertheless, I go, I go to a sub woo is what we call it on Sunday night. And, uh, man, I'm just, I'm tired. It's been a long week and uh, all of that stuff. And I'm telling you, man, I got up there and I preached what I think was one of the worst things that I have ever done in my life. I mean, I How come? Some, what, is, what did that look well, like? For okay, you? so this was and you can you guys can both speak into this. Sometimes it's not necessarily the content as much as it is how you felt about the way you communicated the content. So sure, sometimes sure. you get up there, man, and yep. you just feel like you're like you're not even thinking about what you're saying. Your mind is a million miles in another place. You feel like you don't like the shirt you're wearing, like you mm-hmm. know all that or kind of touchy suit. feely stuff, right? Like you're just like you just feel like I, you just feel horrible, and then it ends up being that everything you say sounds just like man. You're just it's almost like a bad dream where you're going in slow motion. You're trying to get through this thing, and it just feels like nothing's happening. And then you're, you're like, oh, man, just just skip ahead. Just get through this thing. And then it ends up being like longer than you even wanted it because you're trying to make up for what you think is like all of this horrible content. And before you know it, man, it feels like waking up from a bad dream and then just thinking, oh, my gosh, it's like I've never done this before. It's like there's been zero improvement all of these years, you know, mm. and uh, mm. that was me Sunday night. Yeah, that was me. It was the worst. It was one of the worst things I ever did. And then what you know what happens? Big T is I go to Big M. Yeah. And I say, uh, I look at her and I whisper in her ear and I go, oh, well, I say stuff like that, you know? And yeah. she looks at me and she goes, what? I go, I go, I think that's in my top three worst. And she uh-huh. looks at me and she goes, you've lost your mind. I said, mm. well, that wasn't, that wasn't good. I mean, are, are we going to, like, baby, are we going to start lying to each other, right? Is that the kind of relationship you want right now? And, and she's um, just like, no, no, I remember way, way worse. Well, right. Like, I mean, that's what she said. She said, she said, um, she said, I, I don't, I don't know that it was, I don't know that it wasn't better than this morning, which, when wow. you're a speaker and like you, you kind of you know what you like and you know what's good. When somebody tries yeah. to tell you that something you did is bad was better than something you thought was okay, it actually makes it worse because you're <laughs> like, well, I don't know anything now. Like I literally don't. I don't know how to judge anything now. So that's what she thought she was being supportive. But, she thought uh, she was being supportive. It actually had the opposite effect. And so yeah. we got into a big massive uh, argument on the on the ride home. I'm kidding. We didn't. But. Um, but it's one of those things where it's just like you don't know how to judge that. You absolutely don't know how to judge these things. So the only thing you can go off of for me is if the content is like not heretical, which it isn't. You know, all I can go by is how I felt when I did it, and if uh, I was like hitting my marks, and I surely was not. So interesting, baby. So that was interesting. That was four. I think how you, I think how you feel as a speaker is is completely irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, reform guys are. Totally oh, I totally. I mean, I have to disagree with that pipe. I mean, I you know. Well, and, and I don't. I don't mean because I mean I. I know that when when I feel good about something, it it means that w- the thing that I prepared for is what I delivered, and I felt good right. about it. I mean, that matters to me. But the thing that I've learned over the years, and so the reason that my worst message ever stands out to me is because I was totally ill prepared to suck. Yeah. Whereas having spoken enough now, if something goes badly or I feel like it goes badly, I mean, like you, it's sort of an, oh, well, you know, I, there, there, the sun will come up tomorrow or, but the other thing I've learned is that often when I think that I'm horrific, somebody yeah. will come up afterwards and go, that's exactly what I needed course, to hear. And yeah, I'm like, no you doubt. needed to hear a, no doubt. a jumbled up garbled message of nothing. I didn't know that was a thing people needed, but yeah. But it lands sometimes. Yeah, but Pipe, so here's my point. So here's a better way for me to put it. I, I told, all Everything you just said is true, but here's kind of what I'm saying. So there's those times, if you've ever been a runner, um, there's times you go out and you run and you have that kind of run where it's euphoric and like you feel like you can run forever and you're not getting tired and it just you get that runner's high. And then there's other times you can go out and you can like run and it feels like I've never ran before and you might even actually like, in, you know, better the time of your run than you did when you were feeling great. You probably burned off just as many, if not more calories. So it was still effective, but like you get back and you're like, I hated that run. Like, I don't want to ever do that again. And so to me, I I'm, I'm more feely like that. So because I have a performance background, so it's like, man, I gotta like, I gotta feel light and on my feet. And like, I was, 
you know, like I'm sharp and I'm, I'm like all of that because, you know, I can just, if the content's okay, it's like, well, yeah, but how did you do, you know, expressing the content? And if I feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like I was half asleep or I was dead up there. Then it's like, we well, yeah, have the content and maybe it served some people for sure. But like, you want to feel good about it, right? You want to feel good. I well, wonder so, if that, perf- oh, go ahead, Ted. No, I was going to tell you about mine, man. It was last year. Oh, man. Um, at a youth rally, I was invited to speak at a youth rally. I should have I should have been warned away by the presence of the term rally. I was going to um, say that that's a scary term. It's that a scary, and, that scary. And revival. Yeah, that and revival, right? So, uh, so somebody <laughs> somebody had heard me speak at a chapel here at uh, here at my university, and uh, and they reached out, uh, said that they wanted me to come uh, up the road to a little town called Dyersburg and speak at this youth rally. Um, so I get there and it's very like, um, you know, very youth group looking in terms of, you know, really full room, lots of, lots of kids, lots of insecurity, um, loud music, the whole thing. And before the gig, the lady, uh, the lady comes up to me and she goes, you know, just so you know, um, we'd like for you to do an, we'd like for there to be an altar call at the end. Uh, and, uh, I think I've told this story on the show maybe before, but, uh, but I'm like, oh, you know, that's fine. I got it. I, I'd never really done an altar call, but I thought, how hard can it be? You oh, know what I mean? Boy. Yeah. So, and she's like, you know, if you're not comfortable doing that, um, you know, just let me know and I can do it. And, and you like, were no, afraid no, to no, say no. no. You were you were literally in that moment, Big T. You were Baby, afraid. I'm a pro. I was afraid to say no. I'm like, they're paying me to do the whole thing. So I'm going to do the whole thing. You know, that, that, was, that was my perspective on the thing. So I give the talk. I feel like the talk is going really well. I'm getting lots of good eye contact, lots of... Uh, you know, lots of ha-has from the crowd and, and um, lots of good feedback. So then I get to the end, you know, the part where like you and I and Pipe would just say, well, let's pray, that kind of thing. And uh, I, I tacked on some kind of sentence about how, you know, there's going to be people up here for you to pray with afterwards. Mm. And then I was basically like, well, let's pray. So I thought <laughs> I had done an altar call when in fact I hadn't. So I prayed. I went. I went and sat down at my seat. The lady gave me kind of like a sidelong glance, like, you know, who is this hack kind of thing? Is that it? And then she goes up, she takes the mic pipe and she goes into this whole, like, you know, there's an art and a science to the altar call. It's sort of like being a caller at a, uh, at at, like an auction. You know what I mean? (laughs) You're kind of like a a carnival barker. You're kind of like an auctioneer. And she's going into the whole like patter, the whole, uh, the whole sort of banter of this altar call thing, like kind of whipping them up and kind of saying, uh, you know, all the, all the right phrases and stuff. And, and eventually, lo and behold, people start like trickling down to the front. Wow. And I was like, Judas Priest, I'm out of my depth here, you know, boys, because. Well, Big I just T, had, clearly it was not a reformed youth conference. I oh, mean, boys, it was, it, was, it was the opposite of reformed anything, yeah. you know. Reformed youth uh, gatherings never, ever use the word rally. You know we what a reformed not, youth gathering is, or, or or altar call for that matter. Yeah. A reformed youth gathering is just a church service because they don't believe in youth <laughs> gatherings, right? They don't believe in youth groups. Or, they believe or that, it's a or a hymn sing <laughs> or a hymn sing. You can have a hymn sing. Reformed youth rally is called T four G. Dude, listen it's to me. If you're a reformed yeah, kid, junior. you know who T4G your youth junior. pastor is. Your dad. Okay. Your youth pastor is your pops if you're a reformed kid. That's that's kind of the reformed perspective. Your youth group is your 32 siblings. Your youth group is your 32 siblings, and there 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 is no youth rally. There's no youth group. We don't even know what the word youth group means, Big T. Oh, seriously? I mean, can you uh, can you define that, please? When you say, can you suss out what what you mean by this term youth group? Because I'm I'm just a little you know (laughs) a little little baffled right now. Yeah. So. Boys, I was out of my depth, and that was one where – so I go to shake the lady's hand at the end after like the 20-minute altar call that she had facilitated, and it was very much a thanks for making the drive, you oh. know? Yeah. <laughs> there was no good job. In fact, there, there was a distinct lack of a good job. Um, you know, it was conspicuous in its absence. So, mm. Uh, mm. so that was mine, man. I drove home feeling, uh, feeling terrible like I had failed miserably. Well, you hadn't failed, man. You just had not completed the job. But it sounded well, yeah. like the talk itself went good. So I feel know. like the talk went good. And in fact, I even had some old ladies that were there kind of like driving the youth kids to the rally, say how much they enjoyed the talk. But like, you know how it is when like the main person, like your handler, like the person that hires you for the gig, when they don't say good job, yeah. you feel like it's a it's a conspicuous omission. You know what I mean? Well, right. Because like, they're not they're not going to say you did a bad job, but they're going to leave it out. You know, they're going to yeah. leave it out in such a way that you feel it. 
Yeah, and the you're side, and you're driving you're driving wide. out the driveway thinking there's a first and a last time for everything, and yeah. that's happening right now. You're like I'm I'm never going to darken the door of this thing again. I can yep. tell you no, that re- no repeat invitations. So when they did the altar call, did they what? Th- there there is a pattern to this, but there's also sort of different styles, kind of yeah. depending on depending on generation, depending on church tradition, depending on did they. I mean, I'm sure they didn't do the whole sort of big like the buses will wait kind of thing because because this wasn't the right context for. It. Did they do the like I see that hand? Did, yeah, they did, did the I see the hand. They did yeah, the whole that's one of my favorites. Do you ever have a high school football coach pipe who you would you would keep screwing up a play and he's like, "Boys, I got nowhere to be. I'll stay here all night if we have to." Yes. Yeah, and you know you're you're envisioning practice going like an additional six hours, Was and they did some hard? of that. Yeah, yeah, we still don't know how to run the trap play, so we're just going to keep screwing it up. Right, we're going to keep running that trap play all night because I got nowhere to be. And and there was some of that in the rhetoric, like, you know, we'll stay here as long as you need kind of thing. And and yeah, eventually the kids started like to stream down. And it, I'm convinced, and, and feel free to push back on this, I think the psychology behind some of this is as a kid, you're like, I'm just going to go down there. So that we can wrap this thing so up. So that we can move on. I'm going to take one for the team. I'm going to take one for the if they don't get it. If they don't get enough bodies down there, we we literally could be here all night. Um, dude, I was thinking about going up after a while. Like I was the speaker, but I was going to go up and like. And, and, and do you know how great the story would be right now if you had done that? <laughs> do you realize how different everything would be right now if you'd done Baby, that? Maybe I thought about it because I'm I'm sitting there and I'm looking at these youth pastors, you know, and they're and they're like, uh, you know, they're they're. I don't know, T-shirts, and uh, and I'm feeling so sorry for these guys standing there, like, shuffling around. It was like prom night, you know, and they're they're just waiting. <laughs> they're waiting for someone to ask them, you know, and they're, they're just standing up there, and I thought, gosh, I'm going to go ease one of these guys' pain, man. I'm just going to— You know what? I, that reminds me, man. I think the three of us should make a pact right now on the air that if we ever speak at a youth rally and they do an altar call, we need to make a commitment to one another that we will walk up. Yeah, so we'll walk we up there. have a story to tell on the ramp. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, because walking up is it? You know, you're just walking up there. You're just you know? walking I mean, up. I mean, yeah. what you can't get out. What you can't walk. We can't walk. I can't get out of my seat. I can't walk up there Wait, like a gentleman. Yeah, I'm not allowed to walk anymore. I mean, what yeah. am I? What is this? Yeah, it'd be even greater if if we were sitting near a student and and you're like, come on, let's go up. Yeah. So you sort of well, escort, so they, they had no intention of extra going points up. Points for that. Yeah. And, extra. and you're the speaker, and so you just sort of tow somebody up there who has no intention of going, and you are the speaker. Now we're talking so going up. And Dude, you know what? They're going to follow you because you're the speaker too. Like they're going right. to be like, "Oh, well, yeah." Talk about setting a precedent. Like the speaker just got saved from his own message. Absolutely. I better go get saved too. Absolutely. What felt weird to me about the altar call was the realization that, like, however many kids went up, they were going to use that as like promo for the next year. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like we had we had 22 kids come to Christ as a result of this, and you know, stuff like <laughs> I was, that at, I was at a church for a while that they would do a week long summer, like a student summer camp. Yeah, and they they would send out emails to the church every day mm-hmm. about how many kids got saved the night before. Mm-hmm. You know, last night we had twenty seven. Last night we had thirty four. Last night, and and I'm like, yeah, but how many of those got saved at last year's camp? And then yeah. at the fall retreat, and then at the spring retreat, like they, this is camp. It's a yeah. we we get resaved like seven times a year if you're on the retreat schedule. All That's you how it all works. you Baptist guys pipe. I mean I don't know what yeah, to say. Straight up, you know. I mean, I, mean I, I think I think I got saved 28 times or something like that between 14 and 18. Pipe, did you just literally say a few minutes ago that was so funny that that passed us by and it shouldn't like yeah the speaker got saved at his own. <laughs> no, that was <laughs> money. That was money. I heard that. That's epic, man. Did you know so what the most cool. reformed thing is now to do though? To like not really put any emphasis on when you were saved. You know what I mean? Like. Yes. I feel like yeah, it's super right. reformed to like it's super reformed to say, yeah, I don't really know. I don't really know what that time was. And if I do, I feel yeah. like by telling you that it lacks legitimacy. Right. I was welcomed into the covenant family when I was like a fetus, you know, so I mean, well, yeah, I guess yeah, you could I mean, say conception. Um, I mean, and not only that, but it's, it's almost to call into question those who do. I mean, aside from a dramatic testimony of, you know, I was a, a drug dealing prostitute murderer who got saved. Yeah. Um, so if Which it's is somebody, the title of my memoir, you know. <laughs> is that is that when you're ghostwriting or is that your memoir? I don't know yet. I haven't decided. Okay. Let me ghostwrite that one for you. 
Big <laughs> All right, big. I would love to so do if that. If there's that conversion, we will look at it and go, okay, you got saved then that one time. Yeah. But yeah. if it's somebody who grew up in the church and they're like, no, I got saved when I was eight years old, uh, mm-hmm. sitting in my dad's office. Yeah. We look at that and we go, ah, uh, I don't know. Maybe. Not really. We say maybe. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But so I, this is a really interesting thing. And I, I know we have to wrap up here in a couple minutes. So my, my older daughter is 11. And mm-hmm. a couple months ago, you know, she had been asking all sorts of faith questions for months. Mm. And she's really, really wrestling through things, thinking about things. She's a real analytical person. Uh, I can see that she's going to she's gonna struggle with questions and proof and doubts over the course. That's just yeah. the way her mind works. But she got to a place where she was just in sort of a – she needed some assurance mm-hmm. that that she could be a follower of Jesus. And so I prayed with her what historically would have been called the sinner's prayer, although that phrase sounds funny coming out of my mouth. Yeah. And and the reason I did that is because I felt like in her case, to be able to look back and go, June 9th, 2017, you prayed this prayer, so you always have that to hold on to. So it doesn't mean you punched your ticket, but it means that that you can look back and go, okay, I'm I'm walking with Christ. It's a because, mark, man. It's because a mark, I did because yeah. I did that. You know, and and so it's do do I th- and and I recognize the pitfalls of it, but in and I and I I do tend towards sort of an eye roll at people who are like, I got saved when I was four, but yeah, but in that case, I'm I I flipped the script and was like, no, I think it's necessary here. I think I think she will need, and and in fact, it's come up in a couple conversations because I, I can say, hey, you remember when we did this? That means that you you live like this and you you think like this and you pray like this. So. It is strange for how how dismissive we are of of yeah. the conversion, even as we make fun of it at camps, because those are often kind of ridiculous and fake. But yet, like we still are just like jacked out of our minds about thinking about how Spurgeon and Whitfield and all those guys had like like we're all good with like the numerous millions of conversions, like like the moments they all had with their with their people. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. He led 422,000 people to Jesus right. beat them. Like for some good. reason we're okay with that. But guys, here's what's interesting. You know what's going to be <laughs> interesting for our listeners at Live in Louisville is when we do our own altar call that night. Mm. I mean, how how do you think our people are going to react when I stand up at the end and I lead everybody? And I know I'm just breaking the news right now, but I feel like our listeners should know um, we're going to be leading into an altar call that night. I mean, how do you think our people are going to react, which are going to be largely largely reformed? It's not I mean, they're going to be reformed. So they're going to be disdainful of it, but they're also going to be hipsters, probably. So. If you could give them, if it's like an ironic altar call. That's what I mean. It's going to have to be anti. So like, like we're taking altar calls back. We're just going to revamp them. Right. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. So Maybe just throwing it out there. there. Throwing it out there. You know. Huh. Pipe, what do you think? Well, I think uh, if Ronnie does an altar call, Ted, you and I have an obligation to go forward and get saved. So that'll... It'll all work out. Well, I mean, you guys need to lead. So at some point, I'm going to stand up. You guys are going to go sit in the uh, the audience. If you can find a seat. Yeah, I was going to say, logistically, we'll have to go find a seat. And and that, I don't even know if that's possible, given our ticket sales at this point. So uh, No, we just, I mean, if we're we're up at the front with him, and we just get up and turn around, and we walk to, like, if we're sitting behind a table, we come around to the other side of the table, we kneel down like it's a prayer altar. All right, all right. So, I mean, it's even more visible than, (laughs) like, standing up and coming forward. So it's like coming off of the stage to pray at the feet of... Uh, Ronald J. Martin. Well, I, and I appreciate that pipe. And I think what we're really trying to communicate right now is that there are a lot of surprises in store for Alive in Louisville. Okay. You know, it's all a promo. Everything's a promo. I love that. It's that's good business and good radio. Um, boys, speaking of good radio, we have, uh, we have wandered to and fro throughout this episode. Uh, we didn't get to, uh, what kinds of candy bars, uh, various pastors would be. Uh, because Pipe, I don't know if you sensed this in the pre-show production meeting. I feel like Big R may have gotten a text or a, a phone call after last week's app because he was he got mm. that that tone of voice that he gets when he's gotten a text <laughs> or a phone call. In, in the like a yeah, little bit crestfallen, a little bit chastised, a little bit chastised, um, a little bit of distance on the topic. He just kind of um, got somebody didn't, somebody didn't like being called a whatchamacallit. That's right. Oh, There's a little bit of a wall up. So, I know. I know. And some some guys, you know, some. Guys that we don't want to mention at Jared C. Wilson don't appreciate being compared to Candy Bar. I don't know what to say about that. You know? Big R, did you get a text or a, or a, a, a tweet from at Jared C. Wilson? I can neither confirm or deny that at this point, boys. I'm sorry. I, I think we should do this. I think rather than us sticking our, our feet firmly in our mouths as we as we are prone to do, maybe we should ask listeners to tweet or Facebook there at you go, us. Right. 
at, at so at Happy Rant Pod or the Happy Rant Podcast Facebook page, and you make your comparison. So pastor and uh, and candy bar, and then we'll use your comparisons on a future episode to say, hey, this is what the listeners came up with. So be Actually, funny. You, you and I will pipe. The, the, right. We need to absolve Big R of this because yeah, he's, he's, got a lot of, he's, he's working a lot of angles here in the industry. He doesn't want to yeah. offend anybody. He's got a lot of irons in the fire. So so you and no. I will do the candy thing. Yeah, Ronnie can go. Ronnie can go like eat a granola bar during that. I mean, I'm gonna sit. Podcast, I'm gonna sit back safe. and eat some candy while you guys discuss. Well, candy. there you go. You're gonna eat a watch McCall, but not right. even think Boy, about uh, who it would be. Big T, did you literally go out and do what we uh, what I advised, which was to get a watch McCall? Did you actually get <laughs> one of those things yet? Baby, I didn't. I haven't had a chance oh to get a watch. Oh my gosh! I mean, I asked you to do one thing already, and you can't even one do thing. it. One thing. One piece of show prep. You asked. Oh my for gosh! I mean, can we depend on that happening before next week? Can I even call myself a radio pro? Judas Priest, man. It's not like we're asking for your first, bo- you know, it's insane. Baby, I know. Have I know. a bunch of call know. it. Do you want to have a good you week? Know. Do you want to enjoy your life? I mean, do you want your marriage to flourish? Buy I'd that bar, to. man. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, well, I would love to. And uh, you know what? I feel chastened. I feel. You know what? Like- we need to end this show. I, I'm, I'm, I, we need to end this show now. I'm out. Well, there you go, folks. Uh <laughs> Host Ronnie Martin says it's time to end the show, and doggone it, it's time to end the show. So send your tweets uh, with candy bar comparisons, and um, just for the record, Ronnie Martin has nothing to do with that. So um, if you're the kind of person who would text Ronnie Martin with um, sort of low-key critiques of the show, please don't do that. And uh, until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.